Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. How are you? I am good, Kathleen. How are you? Philip, I am rolling. Round <laughs> tones. This is the sound of my voice. Cilia Bells. Picture. Pictures. Synonyms. Red leather, yellow leather. All right. Um, now that we've war- properly warmed up. <laughs> In front of everybody. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> okay. Welcome to Old Hollywood Realness, the podcast that celebrates the glitz and glamour of Tinseltown's golden era. <laughs> Welcome back, y'all. <laughs> I am your host, Philip Estrada. And I'm Kathleen Nall. My other host. Yay! Woo! Double duty partner hosts. in crime. <laughs> <Deedly doo. laughs> okay, so the, it's funny we're going from like recording two episodes bright and early in the morning, and now we're doing like old Hollywood realness after dark, <laughs> and not always sober. <laughs> yes. So the first two, the for last two episodes were caffeinated beyond all recognition. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> to the point where I think I was shaking in the last one. <laughs> I, I was. Then, I was like a little chihuahua. <laughs> yes. And this one we're going nice and uh, nice and uh, slipping. After this, I'm going to slide right into the bed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my God. Me too. <laughs> but I'm excited because we're talking about the pick that you chose for your birthday. <gasps> That's right. Birthday Hollywood picks, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I chose. Oh what? Oh yeah. Which movie did <laughs> we choose? Which movie did you choose? Uh, I chose All About Eve. <laughs> Eve, Eve, special <laughs> Eve. Indeed. It's gonna be n- a night filled with um, Betty Davis reference. Uh, Betty Davis. Um, I love her so much. She's. I mean. It this had been a while. I mean, okay. Yes. So. It holds up. We'll just say well, that. That's <laughs> for sure. Um, I haven't watched a Betty Davis movie in a very, in a while. I so had not either. So nice to see. So. Yep. And, and believe it or not, I actually had never seen this movie before. No? I know. Full disclosure. I'd never seen this movie before. I But I knew about it a lot just from... Um, like for with, from a costuming perspective and I'm a big fan of Edith Head and her costume designs and also a big fan of Betty Davis so it's been on my radar for a while and I held out because who's got two thumbs and turning 40 me this gal so I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to talk One about this movie because it's all about yes. being 40 that's right <laughs> do you want to do the quote uh 40 Four oh. <laughs> Three months ago, I turned forty. Four oh. Uh, so good. Yes. We just take turns doing that for an hour. It's I know. Good. <laughs> 
and you know, God, that movie makes you want to smoke. Oh. There's so much. They make smoking look so fucking good. I'm telling you, like I'm wringing my hands how much I miss smoking <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I detest cheap sentiment. Mm. I'm like, how, so, how long did you live smoking? Maybe I could. No, no, don't, no, don't, don't, don't. No, it's okay. Pretty so much. Yeah. It's going <laughs> to. That's why she looked so tough. Oh my gosh. <laughs> In the words of Diana Vreeland, they lived intensely back then. Oh, girl. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Exactly. People, everybody lived intensely back then. Like, I'm telling you, like, I... uh, I'll admit it right now. Like my beer of choice is a is of a light variation, and I don't think I could sling back the liquor that Betty Davis could. And oh. she's so tiny, so oh, tiny, so it's tiny. A, so many cigarettes and alcohol, and so tiny. Yeah, but I it? mean, she was snatched like she was cinched oh into those uh into those gowns pretty tight, <laughs> pretty tight. But she looked amazing. <laughs> yes, she did. Um, so so you have never seen this movie then? No, this is the no, first had, viewing. Did you do several viewings or did you? I, I kind of did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I watched it like almost back to back. Like it, it nice. reminded me of like, when I was a little kid and we <laughs> we actually had like one of those uh, VHS um, rewinders where you just put in the VHS rewinder because you're like, I can't wait. I'm already watching another one. Yes. Like uh, that's how much I wanted to see it again. But be kind yeah. rewind. That's what I they know, say. right? <laughs> nice. But it was no, this was this movie is so good. Oh, oh my God. You're uh, just like. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay, what? Oh, that girl is psycho. She I, is psycho. <laughs> she is PSY Co. Oh my god. god. Cray, so good. Cray. No, but Ann Baxter is fucking amazing in this movie. For oh real. Oh my god. She's for nuts. real. Um, I think, let me see. The first time I watched this was probably, again, back in my days of watching all the musicals and, mm-hmm. and a classic movies at the video store. So this one definitely made it in there. And I was just like, as I watched, I just remember watching it as a, you know, a uh, 19 year old or something like 18 19 year old and just being like okay that bitch is wow. crazy yeah. <laughs> straight <laughs> up crazy she's straight up crazy <laughs> like, but she's so subtly crazy i mean it's, it's like a single white female style so she single white female oh it. my god <laughs> she's like no let me i'll take care of it oh my god just but a dead eyed so stare good. oh, oh wow. my god it really, it was, I just remember being like, wow, she, uh, it's just like, kind of like that sort of like, uh, could not care less about anything. No. She just could care less. So where she's she just like, I'm going to do what shark. I need to do. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. Down and to the I dead eyed stare. <laughs> no, completely. And I just, and I also really, I really, really loved, again, Betty Davis's performance and her just like from from pretty much sort of the beginning of like, I don't trust this girl. And everyone around her is saying like, what are you saying? What are you saying? And then, I know. and then her even questioning her own self and, you know, preying on her own insecurities of getting older. And then, you know, and I can completely relate to this, like just being so cynical of like, there's no way that this younger dude really loves, me. you know, like there's no way like this mm-hmm. is, and, yeah. and she just fights it. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm Gary just won't let her go. And it's so sexy. And he's like, yes. no, I fucking love you. And I love that part where like, I, I got, no, when Ann Baxter tries to tell him, he's like, uh, no, I'm in love with Margot. Like you gotta get to step in. Oh get my God. Step in. I- 
And also one of my favorite parts is when they're like chewing, they chew that celery. Yes. <laughs> they're like looking at him. Oh my God, it's so cute. So cute. They're oh like, my fuck God. you. <laughs> the Addison oh. DeWitt, like when they go oh back my and God. forth. Like Addison DeWitt is so one of good. my favorite things. So good. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Addison DeWitt is so creepy, but we he's the villain you love. You're I just like, know. he is... He is a putrid human being, but he is amazing. <laughs> oh my god! And I think I was watching it last night, and like it was um, near the end of the movie when um, Addison uh, confronts Eve, and he's talking, and he's like, <laughs> he says something about like he's like something about like, and you were paid to go from the brewery to leave from the brewery, weren't you? And Ryan walked in, he's like, who's that queen? <laughs> <laughs> Queen alert! <laughs> I know, because I was like, he was a bit queenie in this movie, but I, I love it! You're like, wait till you see Rebecca. I know. Oh, he's in Rebecca too? Oh, oh yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> he is so, his the way he delivered every single line I, was so much, I know. like, just like oozing with vitriol. He's it's, smarmy, warmy. Oh my God, so it's so good. Even the way he's like grooming Marilyn Monroe and like sending her out, you're just yeah. like, Art imitating life. He's so gross. So good. I wish I could find some of his quotes. He's so, like, he's got such good, like, just the way he was talking is one of my favorite things where he's just like, it was like new, it was like new life with breath. Breath was. You know, it's like new life has breathed into those words, and I was like, "Oh God, I wish I talked like that." He's got <laughs> such an amazing like. Uh, you need the Addison Dewitt guide to life. <laughs> I know. I just I need him to record my outgoing voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> You've reached the phone of Philip Estrada. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's so not here good. right now, and he probably won't listen to this message. <laughs> Well, oh uh, that's why it was so great when I found that like uh, little documentary on YouTube with all about Eve, and it actually oh interviewed his God. son talking about him. I thought that was pretty cool. Yes, that's awesome. Okay, so speaking of two, so um, let's let me run down some of the stats yes, of this movie. Yes. So it's all about Eve. It's from 1950. It's a 20th Century Fox feature. Um, so the movie stars. Um, it's a wonderful cast. So Betty Davis plays Margot Channing. Um, Ann Baxter plays Eve Harrington. George Sanders plays Addison DeWitt. Um, Celeste Holm plays Karen Richards. Um, Guy Merrill plays Bill Simpson. And Hugh Marlowe plays Lloyd Richards. Um, And then uh, Gregory Ratoff plays Max Fabian. And uh, Marilyn Monroe is sort of... um, is a plays a bit player miss caswell and then thelma ritter ritter plays birdie who is margo's um who should not be underestimated I, in oh this my movie. god she's she's like her personal I love assistant thelma ritter. she is so <laughs> good in this movie um so yeah this movie was like nominated for a boatload of oscars like that's right um apparently it's like still up it still holds the record against titanic um, it, it, it like tied with Titanic for the number of Oscars it, it was nominated for. Um, George Sanders, who played Addison DeWitt, did win an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor for playing Addison. So that's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Um, so the costumes for this uh, movie, uh, Miss Betty Davis's costumes were done by Miss Edith Head. And then the balance of the costumes were done by Charles Lemaire. And then this movie was directed and written by Joseph L. Mankiewicz, who happens to be the great uncle to Ben Mankiewicz, who is the dreamiest man on TCM. (laughs) I have gone on record (laughs) that I have such a huge crush on Ben Mankiewicz, and I don't know why. And thank you for noting. (laughs) Yes. So 
Tommy. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, is that door closed, Philip? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Ryan. Shh. <laughs> Secrets. <laughs> Got a dad crush on Ben Makers. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I, I I holler at him on Twitter all the time. He's not. Biting. Oh, nice. <laughs> You're like it's all in good fun. Yes. Tee. <laughs> um. Yeah. So um, this movie was amazing. Like just yes. Barna. Did you have any sort of tidbits that you found in your research on this film? Um. Well, I just uh, I I always remember like the the kind of the story behind uh, one of my favorite sort of dresses or uh, kind of 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 all sorry, like favorite costumes, I guess you could say, is the dress that um, Betty Davis wears the cocktail party with the pockets. Like well, I'm I mean, obsessed uh, with the dress uh, with the pockets. Like uh, ever since even I was like much younger, I remember seeing that costume design. And, and I, again, I'm a, I'm a girl. I love my pockets. I, I mean, love iconic. to put, I don't, I, I like to make sure I like high glamour with some functional pockets and this <laughs> delivers. And so I just love that. And it's like, of course, because where else are you going to put your smokes? Exactly. And it's kind of like, this actually reminds me of like working on my sister's wedding dress because she also <laughs> wants pockets. So she could have a place to put her smokes. So <laughs> we all have priorities, people. Um, but I just, I love it. And I, I, yeah, I love that dress. And I think that Betty Davis looks beautiful. Um, um, she can work a square neck like nobody's business. I mean, and it's uh, crazy. And but she has a beautiful decollete. Like, I just yeah. want to say for a woman over 40, her whole like collarbone, upper neck area is flawless. <laughs> and I love that it's like worn off the shoulder too. Beautifully like off the shoulder. Oh, so gorgeous. Well, I, and I guess that, that that was the backstory I read is that originally Claudette Colbert was supposed to play the role of Betty Davis, um, uh-huh. or the, the Betty Davis was going to play. Mm-hmm. And she ended up getting like a herniated disc or something ridiculous that put her in traction. Oh, so Jesus. she was actually the first pick for this before Betty Davis, and that dress was made to fit her. And huh. so initially when they first tried it on, Betty Davis, she's, I guess, a bit more petite, um, but also um, Betty Davis had a great pair of tits. I'm just saying she was a little, <laughs> a little busty. I'm just just saying uh she was five foot tall and uh, around that she was very very small and so like um so anyway she put this on and it fell off her shoulders and it was a little bit bigger and she loved it she's like don't change a damn thing because she was able to pull it off and and uh wear it um it but it was supposedly just supposed to be like a square neck dress and a lot more fitted but on her it looks a little bit more um, I'm gonna say slouchy, but you know what I mean. Like it's more slouch, but it's it like makes easier. it look so. It's, it, it's like... easy, but on her personality and with her wearing it, putting her hands in the po- those little fur-lined pockets, I just can't. It's so good. It's, so it's such a beautiful combination of like um, the harmony of like character and costume. So mm-hmm. I just I love that dress so much. Me too. It's um, one of it's yeah. so beautiful. But I have gone. I mean, I have I have a love hate relationship with um, gowns with pockets because if I have yeah. to see one more twee woman on the red carpet posing with her pockets <laughs> it kills oh, me more I than anything that. well yeah, I, I, that just yeah, bothers me yeah. more than anything because i'm like because they're po- you because you see them on the step and repeat for like 15 minutes and it's like you're just yeah. like yeah i get it your dress has pockets we all see we've all seen the pockets well, we get it but it's not like from a woman's perspective pockets are very exciting I, because they've I sort know, of been I get it. stripped away from our wardrobe and some gals don't like them you know, I get it. You know, they don't want it adding the aesthetic. But other other of us are just like, oh my god! Like you can't you can't imagine like the excitement. And you're just like, oh, this dress fits amazing. And then you're like, you're smoothing down your hips. And you're like, wait, what the fuck? 
pockets. Yeah. Holy crap! You know, it's a beautiful feeling. So I that's just think it's I. There's just something so funny about for me, and it's like I. It's probably it's probably because of the patriarchy, and it's baked into my sauce. And I, but I just think it. Um, but I just think it's so funny when I see women on the on the red carpet with their hands in their in their pockets of the evening gown, and they have this kind of like smug look on their face where they're like, "Yeah, it's pockets." Mm-hmm. Well, did you notice the pockets? It, they, it's like ask to, me about my pockets. You're, you're <laughs> like, like, bitch, you are not Margot Channing. What are you know, trying to I, do right now? But I'm also just like, uh huh. We get it. It has pockets. You can put your hands other places too. <laughs> like, That's you know, true. It's like it's like mix it up, ladies. Mix it up when you're posing in your dress with pockets, which we've seen. Thank you. We've noticed the yeah. pockets. Please take your hand out of your pockets. <laughs> Take your head out of your goddamn pockets. That's well, my only thing. I think work. what I like about Mar- Margot Channing's is I love mm-hmm. they're like it. it they're, it's actually just this little like I love that there's like pieces of fur on the outside. Oh yeah, like, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. So it's like they're built in like art. It's not just like surprise pockets. It's like yes. bitch. No, like I put my hands on my hips and I could slink my hand down and get out a cigarette. You know? Exactly. <laughs> but it, I mean, clearly though, if let's be honest, if this movie was made in like 2017, 2018, um, the, the the scene literally would start with her being like, "By the way, this dress has pockets." Did you notice yeah. the pocket? It would be a 15 minute long monologue about the pockets. <laughs> and well, then they would, would be, go on with the yeah. scene. <laughs> like, guess what, ladies? Sorry. Life is you so bleak. These fucking pockets on my dress are the best <laughs> thing in my fucking life right now. <laughs> so you can quote me. I'm not a fan of pockets. But anyway, but this I know, dress. No, no, hey. I understand. Yes, but this dress I feel like is a is a is a perfect oh, use of God. pockets. It's amazing. Like it really does. Everything that just, everything that Betty Davis wears in this movie is straight up amazing. Like amazing. Uh, all of her beautiful her suits. suits. Oh my and, god! And they're always paired with like a fur and a beautiful yes. like fur. And she just she just acts so wonderfully. And I I love the dress that she wears at the scene that you were talking about with the celery biting when they go to the oh, cub room. Right. And she, oh my god! It's got the sheer like it's it's well first of all Again, she's wearing a sheer neck. You know, it's beautiful. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, and a sheer opera length glove with the mm-hmm. with the dark seams which i love more than anything is a nice beautiful like black nude black like a black mesh like or even organza with like a tiny little black seam running it's so sexual in a way that like kills me those like sheer gloves and then she has like those beautiful straps that have like these little pleats in them or something so Mm -hmm. and it's uh and it creates like a little uh cap sleeve it's so beautiful i just and i think her her i don't give a fuck nature just Mm -hmm. adds to the like she you know, again, it's just this beautiful blend of like costume and character. I just, yes. I love it so much. And like with this, it's like Edith Head was just on fire. Like you can just tell there was such a great connection of um, uh, just that that business that needs to take place to make sure that this is done just right. And I know, I agree with you. So I, good. I think that Edith Head and Betty Davis were just like, we're going to make you look amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I love that it's like, I, I even wrote in my notes because it's the late 40s. Pussy bows as far as the eye can see. <laughs> Pussy exactly. bow on you, on you, on you, Thelma Ritter, on you, and you, and you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. Oh. Yeah. Um, I really love to. Um, Oh God, there's just so many amazing looks. And I just love that everything's mm-hmm. so contemporary and beautiful in this movie. Oh, another thing I wanted to mention too on the gown from the, uh, from the party scene is that it's actually, it, the, um, I love that the, actually the sleeves aren't attached to the bodice. Of Me that. too. And so you have like these almost like straps that have the sleeves attached to it. So there's a little bit of skin that shows underneath. 
I've yeah, and it keeps your armhole nice and cool because that, so, that's like perfect. Kind of amazing, and in a way that's like <laughs> almost kind of like scandalous in a way, and I l- kind of love it. I'm on board for it. See, I mm. love that you look at it that way because I'm like, take that nervous pit sweat. I have ventilation. <laughs> <laughs> well it's just so interesting because it's totally Glamour. like you could tell that it's like clearly the bodice of it is like super yes. boned and like really tight and form-fitting so it holds up on its own so they literally just yeah. added those straps on as like that then the sleeves was sort of like just an add-on because it could no, even totally be just right. like a strapless yeah. dress no like, and you're, you could tell that bodice is like it's like princess seamed it is because mm-hmm. again i like i said Betty Davis, for her shape, was actually rather heavy busted. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying she had a great pair of tits, but I'm, they needed support. And she was also not known for wearing a bra. Like, this is, no, I'm not, like, this is in Edith Head's, like, notes on her. Like, so, I mean, nice. it's not, I'm not saying anything that's, like, you know, my opinion. It's it's out there. But, like, I love that she, she does, and this is what makes Edith Head such a great, um, you know, business person. Because she was like, well... I know what kind of figure I'm working with. I need to, you know, I, I'm, I need to prop them up. And so she put her in like a, a really nice, wonderfully fitted princess seam bodice that just fits across her chest really nicely and is balanced really well in her body. And then that big, beautiful, um, you know, very regal skirt and oh those God, big yes. regal Ugh. sleeves that again, almost harken, almost have like a Tudor or Renaissance feel to them. And, and everything looks yummy. Like she's just oh, yeah. much like her fur coat that she kind of like, Oh, it was on the floor and she kind of wears it like a poncho. She wears this dress like a poncho. She's like, yeah, it's luxury. I can't be bothered. Where's my cigarettes? You know? Yeah, that's what I love <laughs> about I love her it. character more than anything is this. She's <laughs> so got good. so much like she's a like it's she's like a flawed woman, but mm-hmm. she definitely has like she knows her own like she she just kind of like is completely unaware of like. Like she just wears clothes effortlessly, and she wears yeah. like she just kind of like as fuck. flows in it. and out of scenes. And she like it's like that's she doesn't seem to be worried about the small stuff, so she can wear nope. an evening gown like it's no big deal. Like because yeah. it's like the last thing on her mind, you know. It's, it's it like, is. just love that, and she really commands that in this movie. And there's so much, yeah. There's so much about like there's just I don't know that she just really like does something special like she really is and she no you know. she really is something special and I and I think that um and I and I loved like I found that documentary but like and she even talks about how like this was like the greatest thing she ever did and I just love that too because it's like you know her, she considers this one of her greatest movies yeah. yeah and it shows and like she was over 40 like she was like f- almost 42 doing this movie mm-hmm. and and i i'm sorry but like i saw now voyager that's why i love betty davis like she made me weep like that is one of the greatest movies ever made and then that's, when i saw it yeah, i was like i get list. it lady i get oh it's on the list it's fucking on the list <laughs> great costuming movie by the way philip oh my god but that movie will it will it will dig out your heart and soul. It is so good. It is so good. Now Voyager, please check it out. But um, but like and this this and she talks about like she was in a slump at this point. Oh yeah. And um, and this really uh, you know, and and you know, there's a lot of talk of like you know she met Gary Merrill and like this was her fourth marriage. But let's I just timeline wise like she, first marriage was very young. And she even admits she's like I basically I didn't fuck till I got married at 26. You know, yeah. I tried to do the right thing. It wasn't always, you know, and she's like, maybe I, sh- maybe I should have maybe made some decisions differently. That didn't work out. Then she's with another guy who has a heart attack. I mean, he actually doesn't have a heart attack. He fell down some stairs and, like, eventually he died. Like, she, so oh, she's wow. a widower. 
widower, right? And then she meets this other guy, and they're together for a while. It's cool, but he was kind of abusive, and so they end up getting divorced. And so, uh, you know, by that point, she already had a kid. So when she filmed this movie, she was, you know, I, I don't want to say a single mom, but she was getting divorced, and then you know, and met Gary Merrill and they were together for 10 years and adopted two children. Um, oh. and I thought, yeah. And so that was her, and then she, that was her longest and her final marriage that she had. And he seemed like he was a decent guy. Like even just watching the documentary with, uh, like interviewing, uh, like her, her son and, you know, and, uh, which by the way, I think, you know, just want to point this out. Like they always knew they were adopted just want to say that's the right thing to do don't ever keep that a secret that's really fucked up that'll fuck yeah. up your whole life just saying like <laughs> just tell your kids they were uh, anyway but i thought that was great because they like the way that they they seem to well bd was weird but like it seemed like uh and then like they they adopted two kids and like the son seemed all right and then like margo um the other girl she ended up i guess having like a disability and stuff and like i guess they I guess she might have been institutionalized or whatever, but, um, oh my gosh, so much controversy. Like, I don't want to get down that rabbit trail, but Betty Davis has such a crazy life. Yeah. Crazy. Wait, did, wait, didn't one of her daughters write like a kind of yes, like a mommy that's dearest tell Yeah. Was that, oh. Mm -hmm. That's the one. Well, that's, and that's the thing too, is I feel like, and this is my own opinion, but it just seems like, like, okay, mommy dearest and Christina Crawford is one thing. Like, this whole thing that, like, BD did with Betty Davis, I think, is something completely different. Like, I feel uh. like she was almost trying to tack on to the Christina Crawford, Mommy Dearest thing. Because, mm. to me, I th I feel like that's legit. That is some, like, legit. Like, if you watch, like, Christina Crawford interview, she sticks to her fucking story. Like, <laughs> she has no qualms, like, telling her shit, telling it like it is. And she's been an advocate. She's been there. But, like, I don't know. The BD Davis thing was just kind of shady as fuck. Like, mm. she, I don't know. Her whole thing is a little weird. Huh. But um, well, oh what? A story we for another what episode. And I'm sorry, like I know, right? <laughs> yes. So, but it's like um, it's so just like it's hard not to um watch this movie, and then you just are like, I just want to learn a little bit more, and then you're like, what? You know? So, <laughs> but I really do like Betty Davis. I think she did this, amazing yeah, work. And this movie is a straight up tour de force. Like it's like you watch force. this movie, and you're just like, I like the first time I watched it, I was just like, wow, this movie is like immersive. Like just so, immersive. so much happening, yeah. and so like the mo the storyline is so like. I don't know. It's just the, not that it's like the like a lots of twists and turns. It's just like there's not a lot of like no, but it you know, holds you. So much it dialogue. Like, what's going like to happen that. next? I really loved yeah. in that diet then that in that documentary that you sent me, which we'll post on the pod and yes. on the website. Don't worry. <laughs> um, that the um, the guy was saying that it's tied with Titanic for the n number of Oscar nominations. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, and the most in the most exciting thing that happens in this movie is that um, Margot Channing walks down a flight of stairs to go to a party where she's angry you know like yeah. whereas in like titanic they sink a giant boat so it's like right, it's just exactly. sort of like this is the this is what we're dealing with is how much how the sort of like action versus the story you know that sort well, of thing the so, script was very literate and i think that's yes. what attracted betty davis she's like this is the most i think that was like she literally says this is the most intelligent script i've ever read yeah, and she was, was known for like like editing and like having mm -hmm. a hand and things as she went along she didn't change a damn thing in this she's like no it, it, this is perfect yeah. like i'm gonna play it the way it is and that's amazing yeah and this movie know? did win the so it won um uh, so it won oscars for mm -hmm. best actors um best actor in supporting role george sanders who played addison dewitt best director 
Joseph Mankiewicz, um, best screenplay of Joseph Mankiewicz. And then it actually won the best costume design for black and white movie, which was yes. shared between Edith Hett and Charles Lemaire and best sound recording. And then um, also won best picture that year. Um, yes. With Daryl, which um, Daryl F. Zanuck, the producer, um, uh, but uh, we should also talk for. about like the whole best actress situation, oh, which was, was crazy. crazy shade yeah. because like Ann Baxter fought because she was like, no, I don't want to get nominated for best supporting actress. I should be nominated for best actress. And yeah. Betty Davis is already nominated for best actress. So the first time ever in any movie, two women were nominated from the same movie for being best actress. And not and only that too, but it was also two best supporting actresses Yes, too. yes, exactly. So if, uh, there were two nominees in both acting categories. Oh my God, so much shade. I mean, so much drama. It was crazy. And the 1950s Oscars, I would think are the most, to me, are the most riveting. If you think about what they were all up against in that year, you've got Singing in the Rain. You've got Born Yesterday, which that's what they won out. Billie Holiday won out to... Um, Oh my gosh, did I say her name right? Judy Holiday, oh my gosh. Judy Holiday won out for Best Actress. But like, there were so many things that were like heavy contenders for that year. You're like, how do I pick? How do I pick right now? Like, it's just too much. It's too much. It was so funny because um, I was think I was looking at uh, sort of looking at them so like it was yeah so um even like it beat out um so the actress Judy Holiday won for Born Yesterday beating out and but being out both Betty Davis and Ann Baxter who apparently split the vote and then mm-hmm. or and then they went to the underdog but also they beat out Gloria Swanson for I, um, Sunset Boulevard right I mean, exactly it was like what's the here. other movie yes there were like yeah. it's like dude 1950 was like the, the, I mean, what do you do when you have I that know. many movies? Like, so, like, uh, like uh, a handful of the greatest movies of all time all were competing against each other in one year. I can't even. Like, I know. It's just it's so much. Bananas. Um, so good. Yeah. So, I mean, that, those Oscars were crazy. Um, yeah. So, that was. And the best pictures that you were father of the bride born yesterday, all about Eve, King Solomon's Minds, and Sunset Boulevard, which is pretty. I mean, that's a. I mean, at least those are some pretty intense movies. So I'm, wait, was Singing in the Rain nineteen fifty one? I think I might have got that been, wrong. Yeah, I think Singing okay. in the Rain might have been fifty because this. I'm not was sure. This was 49? this forty nine? This well, this was fifty. The, all about Eve came out in fifty. Okay. Singing in the Rain came out in 52. So it would have been oh, nominated okay. for 50, the 53 Oscars. Oh, okay. Been, Sorry. Yeah. I got to confuse. But I know. Well, anyway. But yeah. But yeah. There, the, all those years, though, there were so many good things coming out at once. You're just like, oh, my God. How do you yeah. how do you do this? So, yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Um, and uh, good Lord. I like there's I mean, the costumes are so good. in this movie. So and good. Just I mean. I actually really love the costume that she wore that and uh, that Betty Davis wore in the play that she was in. Oh, the, me too. Um, yes. The, the big like antebellum one with the yeah. like the off the shoulder number. Yeah. That, and like, so okay. Like, and then that psycho scene where Ann Baxter would like oh snatch the wig off and like goes through it. I was like, what are you doing? Like, I was like, what are you, bitch, what are you? And then like, but yeah, like that, that alone, you're just like, that was the one time you saw her really kind of unhinged. I was like, oh my God, what are you doing? Did you freak out? I freaked out. <laughs> I did. I was like, that wig's expensive. It was like, so expensive. Like somebody did so much work to that. I'm like, how dare you? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Uh, she had some actually interesting looks too in that she movie. She did. Uh, yeah. Like she, like her, her weird um, 
like I love the dress that she wears when she um, confronts when she confronts uh, a Celeste Holmes character in the cover oh, bathroom yeah, and it's for like sure. kind of like got this like kind of pretty little bow around the neck and it's like all this sheared up um, mm-hmm. it's sheared into the neckline and she is kind of trying to it makes her look like she's trying to be a little bit sweet but then she kind of like goes a little dark at the end of that scene oh and my like, gosh Ooh. she gets super dark and, and like whoa yeah and where she's like where like Celeste Holm kind of feels bad for her and she's like if there's anything I could do and she like holds onto her hand like real tight and she's like there is something you could do and you're like Ooh. I could suck your gets, soul like gets all clenchy like, oh my gosh yeah no and it's it, she's good at that and I, I really loved the dress to that too like I love the dress she wears at the cocktail party where it almost looks like she's got this like I don't want to say Battenberg lace, but it's almost like this heavy white like lace that's like inset at the top. Um, but it's like a really dark dress with little cinched in waist. But she's got almost like these evil shoulders, like, like huh. pointy shoulders. You know, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, or it looks, you know what I mean? Like where it looks like oh, the yeah. white is sort of like nested into these. Uh, it's like so off the shoulder that like like the, the dress it like floats. peaks up. It like, the, yeah, yes. it's kind of like this weird, almost like mildly like it does look a little bit evil. It does, it right? It's got of... a little bit of that like in that sort of Disney like like Sleeping Beauty way where you're like, you've got pointy shoulders, girl. We know what that yeah. cliche is. You know? yeah. <laughs> sort of like, like Mombi in Return to Oz. I'm like, you got Mombi sleeves. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I know what's up. <laughs> you're up to no good, lady. Um, <laughs> you have a room uh, full of 30 heads you alternate. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wrong story. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, we could talk about that movie on a, oh, se- on a separate well, podcast. We could. Well, it's 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 a later movie, but if you ever want to do it, I'm up. Such a good one. Oh, so good. <laughs> I, I d- sidebar when that when I first saw Dorothy walk down that hallway and the head started like looking at her and following oh my her. God. I literally, I was like, on one hand, I was creeped out, and on the other hand, I'd be like, that'd be pretty fucking cool to have in your house. <laughs> oh my god, that movie. Oh. Dude, we should do a series of like Disney movies Disney doesn't really like to acknowledge and then Return to Oz is up there. So good. So fucking uh, good. Yeah. Anyway. Anywho, did you want me to talk about the storyline yes, of this one? Yes, please. Okay. So, all about Eve. So the movie starts out and it's an award ceremony for the New York Theater. Um, it's sort of like all of the Tonys. This character named Eve Harrington, played by Ann Baxter, is being presented the highest honor for the stage actress. Um, we're introduced to the story's pretty much main players, narrated by um, Addison DeWitt, um, George Sanders. Um, uh, Margot Channing, played by Betty Davis, a veteran stage actress that is stepping aside to allow um, young Eve to have her moment. Lloyd Richards, played by Hugh Marlowe, is the considered the theater's finest writer of the day and his wife uh karen richards played by celeste home is um who is his wife and devoted friend to margo um bill simpson who's garrett played by gary merrill is margo's boyfriend and the famed broadway director um rounding out the group is max fabian played by gregory retoff who is the theater's producer so he kind of goes in and out of the storyline so no one seems to be in a great mood um, during this award ceremony because it turns out that this Eve character comes with a history. So a year prior, where the story really begins, Karen is on her way to meet the gang at the theater after a performance of the show Margot is starring in, um, which is, of course, written and um, written by Lloyd and directed by um bill simpson so uh she notices this chick eve a devoted fan of margot and takes her backstage because um 
to meet her idol because Eve apparently is doing her best stalker move and is going to every <laughs> single performance of this show. And so um, after a while, Karen starts noticing her and she's like, well, you know, you seem to be super into the show. So let me, <laughs> let me introduce you to Margo. So Eve shares the while backstage, Eve shares her sad story about growing up poor and losing her husband in the war and all this stuff. And her saving grace apparently was seeing Margot Channing in a performance in San Francisco. And, um, and she ends up following, um, her to New York city. And she just continues to keep watching her, um, her Broadway show or, her place so it doesn't take long for eve to insert herself into margot's life which causes resentment from her current personal assistant birdie played by thelma ritter who is so good uh, amazing like yeah. i just love how like crass and amazing like how kind of like she's the she's only realness. one with a voice of re- she's just totally she's like the voice yep. of reason and no one and everyone's just like oh okay i guess we'll listen to you even though they totally should listen to her uh yeah oh, from the God. beginning yeah so time passes and Eve proves to be indispensable, anticipates Margot's every need, uh, so much so in the fact that it starts getting creepy. And um, then there's this evening where Bill's birthday, um, they have like a party for Bill's birthday and a welcome a welcome home because he's been in uh, Hollywood working on a movie. So Margot catches Eve and Bill talking, which causes her to get super jealous and drunk um, because you see Margot is eight years older than her man's and she just turned 40 for oh fasten your seatbelts it's going to be a bumpy night <laughs> so good so, so good. good so they basically have the big old like a, a very uncomfortable party um and then <laughs> the next and then later on margo implores max fabian to hire eve in her in his office in order to get rid of her um and instead eve manages to weasel her way into being margo's understudy in the play Mm -hmm. so this is and then what happens is this is revealed to margo after eve reads um reads in her place in an um at an audition for addison dewitt's new pet project miss caswell played by marilyn monroe Mm -hmm. so addison informs margo that eve crushed the reading quote breathing new life into the material fireworks on stage (laughs) um and naturally, Margot loses her shit on everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Which that scene was amazing. So good. <laughs> just her on stage just screaming at everybody was <laughs> so good. <laughs> I can't even repeat those lines because I can't even do them justice. They're just They're so goddamn good. <laughs> so good. Um, so after the blow up, Karen feels bad for Eve and in the hopes of humbling Margot, she arranges, uh, she arranges for her to miss a performance. So being that Eve knew about, um, being that Eve knew about this little plan, she sees the opportunity to invite as many critics as possible. Um, this also included Addison. So the show apparently was a triumph and Eve even tries to seduce Bill afterward, but he rebuffs her. So Addison uses this opportunity to take Eve under her wi- under his wing and write a profile on Eve that quotes her as trashing Margot for not stepping aside and allowing room for younger actresses like Eve. Um, so the article comes out. Um, Margot and, um, and of course, naturally, Margot and Karen and Bill and Lloyd all lose their minds yeah. because it's so shitty for her to do that. Super so, shitty. 
I mean, super shitty. Um, so, and then later on too, they're at the cub room in, which is, um, sort of like, um, a secret exclusive, um, room for the stork club mm-hmm. that, um, Margot and Bill announced their engagement with Karen and Lloyd there. So, it also happens that Addison and Eve are there, which is shady as hell. Uh, super shady. I mean, uh, so Eve basically sends a message over to Karen, asks her to meet her in the powder room to talk. And then um, Eve threatens to reveal Karen making Margot miss that performance um, if she doesn't convince Lloyd to let her take the lead in um, Lloyd's next play. So Karen, shaken by the encounter, returns to the table where Margot announces that she does not want to be in the the lead in Lloyd's next play, um, which is amazing because yeah. she's happy in her current role, and this totally works out for Karen, so she doesn't have to deal with that whole yeah. Because Karen was like situation. pooping her pants the whole time, like, oh god, how am I gonna fix this? She really was. Um, so the new play goes into rehearsal, and E proclaims. Um, her next scheme to Addison where she and Lloyd are in love and that um, he is leaving Karen for her. Addison is infuriated um, by Eve thinking that she can manipulate him like she has all the others. So he confronts her with the fact that he knows everything that she has presented herself. About. Basically everything she presented about herself is a lie. Um, in fact, he knows that she was paid to leave her hometown since she had an affair with her married boss at the time. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> Shade. Uh, uh, so on purpose, Addis- y'all. Pretty much. Uh, Addison informs her that she will not be marrying Lloyd and, or he will reveal everything about her. And basically there's like a really uncomfortable scene where he, he tells her, her he slaps her. <laughs> um, and he's like, you belong to me now. I mean, it's, it's pretty intense. Yeah. Um, so, and then basically fast forward to the award ceremony um, where Eve announces that she is leaving for Hollywood, but will return to the stage soon. It's like such a saccharine sweet speech. It's crazy. Yeah. You're just like, girl um and then she returns to back to her apartment where she finds a stage struck girl who has snuck into her apartment and fallen asleep Psycho. so the girl i know <laughs> so the girl <laughs> professes her adoration for eve and offers to help her arrange things for her trip to hollywood which all seems very familiar yep. and then um while eve rests in the next room the fangirl puts on eve's cape from the award ceremony and holds the award admiring herself in the mirror and the cycle of the cycle of psychoness continues yes the end or is it (laughs) i mean this movie uh, so good you know whose costumes who uh, the one costume we didn't talk about was a marilyn monroe's gown oh she she had a lovely gown yeah that gown was so cool yeah i I mean, you don't get a good look at it, but she is wearing a fur on top of it, which of course is lovely. Yes. But there's like this wonderful, like, it's like, I didn't realize it was like a pencil skirt with like a big giant, like sheer, like layers of flounces over it. Like, yeah, I know. It's kind of beautiful, amazing. like strapless bustier, you know, fitted to Ugh. the nines. It looks gorgeous on her and she looks beautiful. And her I little know. facial expressions are fucking hilarious when he's like, you know, go out and entertain her. She's like, okay. You know, like she's, she's good. She holds yeah, her she's own like, why do they always look like a? She's like, why do they always look like a sad puppy? Yeah, or a bunch of scared <laughs> rabbits. She's like, that's because they are <laughs> sad <laughs> rabbits or something like that. Yeah, so good. But she's yeah. so young in this movie too. Very like, young. This is before she was in any of her major roles. Mm-hmm. 
This is one of her first bit parts. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. Addison DeWitt uh, is a PIMP for real <laughs> in this whole movie. He's a procurer Ooh. of females. Ooh. It's gross. gross. Yeah. It's super gross. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> but no, this movie is great. I really loved. Um, I really loved Eve's. Like, I love that she was the one who like. Well. Let's face it, Thelma Ritter was the first one, but she really started to see it. And Thelma, it's weird now that I think about it, she just sort of disappeared from the whole scene. I guess that was the whole thing did, is like yeah. how Eve sort of eclipsed um, Birdie and her roles yeah. and responsibilities and just wasn't even there anymore. And it's a real shame because, you know, uh, well, first of all, Thelma Ritter is amazing. Uh, why did you not want her in your life all the time? Because she's always going to steer you right. Uh, anyway, so. So yeah, but that was it's it's really yeah it's really interesting, uh, interesting watch and just everything from the late '40s and just the way everything was done like Edith Edith had such the well and just that time in general was such a suit heavy time it's like coming out of the war and that was another thing they even talked about and what made Eve super despicable was the fact that she you know one of the reasons why she tugged at Betty Davis's heartstrings in the first place was that she came off as like a war widow and and she really wasn't and that actually is a stretch the special chord because Betty Davis pretty much ran the fucking Hollywood canteen back in LA and she was super fucking passionate about all that and like taking care of everyone during the war effort and like she you know that was that i i feel like that was a huge part of her life that defined her and uh, she was very proud of so um but just in general like i remember we talked about this with the laura episode on how like like just any way you could insinuate if you were to insinuate somebody was not in any way either they they lied or they didn't support the war effort you just knew they were already in like instantly a bad character and yeah. I feel like that was something they really addressed where you just like, you really don't like this bitch. And that was like yeah. on top of like, to me, like I could see where that was like, Oh, and on top of it all, you didn't even have that. You totally like gave that song and dance story knowing full well, like that was the, that was the clincher to get Margot to like you. So oh, yeah. yeah. And it was almost She's like she was, it, yeah, she definitely was like using kind of like cliches of like, Oh, yeah. I'll know what will no, I know what will get them to like me. I know yeah. what, they'll take pity on me because I'm, I'm, I'm a war widow. Or they'll exactly. take pity on me because I was poor and I didn't really seek any, yeah, I didn't find any questions. glamor in my life yeah. except for seeing Margo Channing perform exactly. and, you know, on the stage, you know, that sort of thing. It was yeah. like kind of just like, she really kind of schmaltzed it yeah, up. Yeah. Eve's and, a like, dirty bitch. And, like that. Okay. <laughs> that's really what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah. She it was such an opportunity kind of like psycho yeah so totally i love when they uh one of the ways they described her or just her sort of character in that documentary was bitch virtuo virtuosity and i just fucking (laughs) love that love that and also that should be a drag name bitch virtuosity if you can say that without (laughs) having a few miller lights so (laughs) oh goodness anyway that's so funny (sighs) This was great. Huh. I'm really glad. This yeah, so this good. this movie is very relevant. I feel it's even really relevant today of just how we view, um, you know, not females particularly, but male and females both of just like that whole coming of age and being, you know, you're old or you're not fuckable anymore. You know, yeah. I love like Amy Schumer did this great skit on like your about like your last fuckable day. <laughs> but you know, it's true. Like I feel like a lot of that sort of resonates, and that's that's one of the things they're really kind of addressing in this movie. But I think what's so great about Margot Channing is that like 
you know, with age comes this wit and this wisdom and this things that make her very complex and charming. And, um, and it makes her vulnerable too. Like she definitely was like, you can tell like she was coming from a place of, of like, she was concerned about her livelihood just being like, you know, she's just like, I don't have very many, like, I don't have very much time. I don't have all the time left. You know, it's like, I'm kind of like, you know, it's like my career is winding down yeah. and it's looking down the barrel of that is tough. And I get it. It is it's, tough. Yeah. And I think that even that documentary definitely talks about like Ben, um, Ben Mankiewicz. Um, Joseph Mankiewicz was like concerned about like, that's the sort of thing that he actually even noticed in Hollywood yeah. back then was that there's only like a woman was only good for a certain amount of time. And then a man, a man could continue acting until like for a long time. Exactly. But it was like until, you know once she hit 40 she is like it's like out to pasture full you yep. got time for that you know exactly. it's like and I, it's so, it was so good and and the fact was, that they were addressing this like almost 70 years ago is pretty fucking yeah. awesome and people it's loved it people that somebody, love this content yeah. you know yeah i love that like he, he noticed it back then and yeah was like this is unfair and we need to highlight this and show that this is like affecting people you know that absolutely they feel this you know so yep i'm like uh if only we listened if only we would listen oh <laughs> uh, well i know i know but it's great that these things are out there and that's why it's my birthday pick. <laughs> yeah. You know what was another thing too is that there was remember there was that once in the birthday scene and the birthday party scene there was um they mentioned a Hollywood a big Hollywood actress came to the party and then they only showed her coat. Oh remember? yes. They yeah. like brought it to the sable. coat room and it was like yeah. a sable and they were just like they never mentioned who the person was. They never showed her on screen, but it was just it, the story of this like big act Hollywood actress was told entirely through a fur coat. And I kind I love of love the concept of that because Me it was too. like it just really showed you kind of like it like boiled that down to like one article of clothing. Yep, you're you right. Know? And like Which, that that article of clothing went through different rooms and people going, Oh wow, who owns that? Can you imagine? I would love to have that. You know, it's yeah. So good. So good. <laughs> That's what yeah, this cost this movie is such a great costuming movie, just in, in those ways, just the way they were able to use clothing and 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 those sort of things to tell the story. Um yeah. it's great. And boy, that was the time for furs, as we've talked about in other episodes. The late 40s, get the book out. Like, they, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not, and I don't do real fur nowadays. I'm just saying, but I can respect craftsmanship and a time, like, that was, like, when furs were en pointe. And they were doing some amazing, like, those with the big shoulder pads and, Mm -hmm. like, the big, huge cuffs and everything. And it was sable and mink and... Yeah, pretty goddamn yeah, they were amazing. just like anything that anything fuzzy that ran across and they just smashed yeah, in the head with a hammer. Like, let's let's take eighty of those and put them all together and yeah. rub them all up on my body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just yeah. Club them over the head. Line them in silk and let me throw them over myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a bummer, but you know it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But anyhow, um, let's see. What else was there? Any other costumes that were we need to highlight in this movie? Um, I feel like Celeste Holm had like a really beautiful series of costumes. She did, too. and I feel like they put her consistently in like the lighter palette against again, it's black and white, but a lighter palette against um, Betty Davis, and even against Eve, who dressed in more. Mm-hmm. You know, was trying to, in some ways like mirror Margot Channing. 
But um, yeah, they definitely put her in. You can't really tell what colors they are, but she was definitely right. like lighter, sparklier, and I would say almost weaker. You know, they're trying to show that. Like, I mean, at some point, you're just like, dude, you're. Is it called cuckolding when you're the female knowing that someone's fucking your husband? Because that's totally uh, what's no. going on right now, and I feel bad for you. Yeah, there's. She definitely is like sort of like the odd man out. In yeah. A certain sense, Although she's she telling does. the story, you know, and it's it's. It's interesting. It's, it's int- yeah. It's so funny because there's almost like three different narrators in this movie. There like are, at one yeah. point it's narrated by so you have um, Addison. Narr- yeah. Addison is narrated by um Karen is narrated by um Margot at one yeah. point. Like it goes through a lot of It is very but it's interesting. interesting. Yeah. I I do think that her her clothing is a little bit more demure. She's got a lot more taller collars and like Well, and they you know, do make a remark some... that she's kind of like a waspy bitch who like went to like some yeah. fancy college and you know, they give her per- like she literally is wearing like pearls choked up around her neck. And yeah. oh, and the other thing I noticed too, especially her more than the other ones, but all their all their like sort of coiffures and hairstyles were done to accommodate hats. But especially hers, because if you notice, mm-hmm. like she, her, the way her hair was done, it was like curly, almost like a ring all the way around her head, and it was yeah. really flat on top. Like she was just meant to wear all those, like like it was a platform for all those hats and stuff. And I thought that was totally. that was pretty. I I have a book on like vintage hairstyles, and there's definitely like that. That's almost like literally right out of this book, where it was like that would have been a perfect style that you would have probably done on a regular basis knowing that you would have worn hats all day every day you know and yeah and so you would have made a like at that time hairstyles were built around the amazing fabulous hats that were coming out of the 40s and kind of made their way into the 50s so yeah, yeah. and i think that was interesting that um that betty davis's character had more of like kind of like a longer hairstyle she did, and almost yeah. like a and almost like something that would be kind of like odd for her age for her to age. have yes. because she's yeah. trying to and it and it's almost like she's like a theater person so she's a little bit more free-spirited or something yes. you know so but she's also like, kind of like it's almost like uh, yeah. age inappropriate in a way it is age inappropriate like, but and yeah. she even has that one part where she gives that that one suit to uh eve and she's like it's a bit 17 ish for me so she's already sort of like yeah like she's kind of acknowledging like she's been and they talk about like she's kind of been stuck in like her her 20s up until she's been 40 so it's like that's from yeah. the 30s all the way up till now you know and and mm-hmm. she kind of uh, but she looks good she also has that sort of devil may care attitude and she's very um there's a part of her it's like she, sometimes she's insecure but other times she seems quite comfortable in her own skin and her hair just flips to the side and she throws her you know her her fur over her shoulder and she's like fuck you, you know, and, and, and smokes a cigarette. And so, but I think that also comes with being 40, you know, like you're, you're right. comfortable to a point cause you've been there, but you're, you've been in it for a while, but that's not to right. say that you're comfortable with yourself. And I think yeah. that's the, that's what they're showing in here is like, you know, you have a comf- you're, you're physically able to show that you're comfortable making gestures and, and being a thing, but you may not truly be comfortable with yourself, especially when you're, you know, you've got, this constant like oh the next one's coming along and oh the next one's a fucking psycho you know like and (laughs) i'm with a dude who's like fucking eight years younger than me and every like and he's a goddamn director i know how this shit works i'm 40 i know how this shit works so it's like there's that cynicism in there where she's you know not going to be trusting of a lot of that it's just so good they show it so well like yeah it's all that is so much realness like today in yeah but don't try to fucking remake that. Please don't ruin it. Oh, God. Please, we got oh. enough remakes. Please, out there, just take a goddamn original story that's inspired yeah. by one of these and make a new one. 
don't yeah. give us any more remakes or sequels for fuck's yeah, sake. Yeah, make make another Spider-Man movie because that hasn't been done yet. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Let's go back to the well on Spider-Man because that hasn't been beaten to death. So let's do that first. <laughs> you know what we need is more fucking CGI. God forbid yes. we sew anything anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck you. Anyway, I well, still I still stand by my gay yeah. goonies, my my gay goonies story. We need to write that, okay? <laughs> like <laughs> Oh goodness! I mean, I'll come up with a better name. We'll we'll figure it out. It's fine. Yeah, goodies never say die. Yeah. I'm telling <laughs> you, and they find the fucking seriously, ruby girl. This is the thing. This is the thing. Goodies never do. say die. Okay, I'm not kidding anymore. <laughs> you need to seriously with, with those shoes. We're not going spelunking in those shoes, girl. <laughs> Because Goonies never say die, but those shoes say die. And we, we assume we know exactly how 12-year-olds talk at this point. We have like, no idea. Yes, because every gay 12-year-old talks like a 40-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I feel like they would speak a whole other language and be like, what did he just say? <laughs> are you are you hungry is that why you are you hungry is you need something oh my god i would love to see i would love to see a pre like the see like tween gay boys put this like mount this movie as like a stage the stage version oh my like god if they did like a stage like a stage version where it's all played by gay boys yes and they did all about eve that would be amazing <laughs> Like t- fourteen-year-old gay boys, like a fourteen-year-old gay boy, Margot Channing, <laughs> and he's like, "I'd like to dedicate this to my great-great-grandmother." We're like, "Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah. little gay. He's like, three months ago, I turned forty. Four out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Bill's God. 30. He'll look 30 for 10 years. He's been 30 for 10 years. Okay. Oh, wow. Buckle your seatbelts. It's going to be a crazy be night. A bumpy night. Bumpy night. <laughs> Sister. <laughs> <laughs> when I'll fuck on that one. Anyway. <laughs> Just Coming to a junior high near you. Yeah. <laughs> Coming. Because we know how schools work at this point in our lives. Yes. <laughs> Coming to a charter school near you. <laughs> One of those, whatevs. I don't know. Exactly. Oh, how, God, how do children been... work? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're the most irresponsible I know. parents. <laughs> Call me, it gets better. <laughs> God, this has been fun. And oh, this man. is our advice to you on our birthday specials. It gets better. <laughs> <laughs> okay i think we've like to, i think that if we've, this has become a whole different podcast i know wait where were we on, yeah yes on that note thanks for listening yeah <laughs> um you can always um catch up with us over on the social media um all hollywood realness on facebook and instagram ohr podcast on twitter you can email us all of your thoughts and prayers old hollywood realness at gmail.com check out the website where we'll be linking um to the documentary we talked about mm-hmm. we'll be posting the uh, you know the link to the 
Pinterest page that has some um, photo, the, a lot of the photos from the movie mm-hmm. that shows some really good uh, costume shots from this. Um, there's also an Amazon banner on that page, so you can click that yeah. and um, a shop like you normally do, which supports the show. Um, go over to iTunes and leave us a review and a five star rating because you're beautiful, wonderful people. That's right. Let us know what you think. We want to hear back from you guys. It'd be great to hear from you. Yeah, we do. Also, we do have a quick announcement. Mm-hmm. So um, we've got a lot happening in our personal lives right now and a lot happening in our professional lives as well. So right? we've decided, uh, yeah, I know it's so much. Um, so we've decided that we're going to take the next episode off. So we apologize for that. But we'll be back. Promise. We're going to be back the first week of June. That's right. Which will kick off our summer series. We can't wait. Get ready for another sexy summer series. So sexy. So sexy. (laughs) So sexy. So sexy. (laughs) So um, we we apologize for the for the gap, but Mm -hmm. we'll be back and we promise. Yeah. So stay in touch in the meantime. And we hum and, you know, you can always listen to our back catalog. That's right. If you miss us. Onward and upward. Um, As Ann Miller would say. Yes. (laughs) So, um, in the meantime, thanks for listening to Old Hollywood Realness. Realness. (laughs) Bye.